It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome to another edition of the IDP Corner, sponsored by FantasyPoints.com. My name is Justin Varnes. You can follow me on Twitter at DownWithIDP. I'm one of the IDP analysts over at FantasyPoints.com. And with me tonight, as always, Mr. Thomas Simons. How are you doing tonight, Thomas? Uh, just give me a second while I take this Q-tip out of my nose as I try and figure out if I got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on with COVID? All of a sudden, 90% of the <laughs> league is shut down because of COVID. I'm doing all right, Justin, other than, you know, dealing with the COVID. Yeah, we have to see how many football <laughs> players are are still left come Saturday oh, and Sunday. Lordy, we lordy. are recording this on Thursday night after the Thursday night game, which was quite a fun game, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Uh, one of my big pieces of advice for people was um, start the players that, that you know right now happen to be healthy and not on a COVID list uh, before it's too late. So um, one of the players that you know, was kind of getting, it was questionable coming into tonight's game, uh, was star and stud uh, DB, DB1 for us in lots of leagues. Mr. Derwin James, he did in fact play, uh, but he didn't play the whole game, did he, Thomas? No, he, he actually sat in the second half, apparently um, near the end of the first half. He tweaked his, or retweaked his hamstring injury and it forced him to sit. Um as you mentioned, it's always a very risky play. And, and I mentioned this on the Discord board earlier today, where when you have a banged up IDP, uh, in the, especially in fantasy playoff time, you don't want to take the risk of playing them and then have them do what James did tonight, which was play in the first half, give you a couple of tackles, and then disappear. Yeah, he had three tackles, two solo. Uh, you know, he... He looked good early on. It, right. It's really, it's really a shame because he obviously didn't get to play much, but he, but uh, he certainly had an impact early on. And speaking of the impact, he did not have. Uh, it's hard to imagine that last play with Travis Kelsey. You, it's hard to imagine Kelsey getting away with that with Derwin James on the field. Uh, the, the other safeties looked a little bit lost. You got to figure Derwin James probably at least slows that down. So that was a huge loss for them uh, at the end of the game, not having James out there. Indeed. Now, uh, speaking of not having, the Chiefs were without three starters in uh, defensive tackle Chris Jones, Willie Gay, linebacker, and, and cornerback Legereus Sneed. Now, Sneed's brother passed away a little over a week ago, and that's the reason why he's been out the last two weeks. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. Uh, Willie Gay would landed on the COVID list and consequently couldn't play tonight, and so did Chris Jones. And, and the biggest absence out of he, these three was Jones. The Chargers ended up rushing for 192 yards on 39 rushing attempts. And a lot of that was because Jones wasn't in the middle. Yeah. And uh, man, it was really nice to see uh, uh, one of these. We've been waiting for a couple of these uh, younger linebackers on the Chiefs to explode to finally, you know, and obviously one of them was knocked out and that was, that was Willie Gay, but we had another one kind of shine through for us, didn't we? Oh yeah. Nick Bolton, he had a heck of a game leading the Chiefs with 14 total tackles. He had 10 solos and four assists. Um, He added uh, a QB hit and he had three pass defended and, and he was around um, Justin Herbert, most of the game, he was constantly in his face and uh, giving a lot of pressure. So Bolton shined tonight in, in the absence of Willie Gay and is by far the, probably the best linebacker that the Chiefs have right now. And you might have started Bolton. We've been talking a lot about Gay, Willie Gay and, and Nick Bolton, uh, but the Chiefs linebackers have been a mess. You might have been hurting at linebacker, and with Gay out, you might have thought, well, maybe this is a chance for Bolton to um, step up. So if you were one of the few who took that risk, congratulations. I think you you uh, came off well. How about the Chargers? What did you see from them? Uh, I, I liked what I saw at Kazir White. Um, the only thing, there was an up and down regarding his play tonight. He had a solid outing where he posted nine total tackles, all of them solos. One of them was a tackle for a loss, and he had a QB hit. 
the, the bad or downside to this was that, unfortunately, nearly all of this production came in the first half. He had eight of his nine solos, and the tackle for a loss happened in the first half. It means that in the second half, he had one tackle and a QB hit. Also, uh, we were hoping at least some of our big-named IDPs would come through. Uh, we knew Derwin James got knocked out early, unfortunately. But if you played Joey Bosa, you're probably pretty happy. He had five tackles, three of which were solo. He also got a sack, quarterback hit, and a, a, a forced fumble. He got a strip sack, basically. So uh, at least one of our uh, main IDPs out of this game, you know, Chris Jones being out, Derwin James getting knocked out uh, kind of early on. If you started Bosa, you're pretty happy with tonight, I have to, I have to imagine. Indeed. All right, let's move along to our news and notes. Thomas, why don't you get us started? Well, I, I want to keep on the the, the Chiefs here. I, I know that they play tonight, but I want to mention something about a week ago. The, the Raiders played uh, Kansas City in Kansas City, and they gathered for a pregame speech on the midfield Chiefs logo. And that apparently pissed off a lot of the Kansas City Chiefs, and it motivated them enough to blow the Raiders out. Now, Take note that while that was a lot of motivation, the Chiefs' defense has been playing extremely well. Now, they did run into a tough game tonight against the Chargers, motivation or not, from last week. Um, Mike Hughes had a, a solid week last week. He led the team with nine total tackles, um, recorded two forced fumbles and a um, fumble recovery, had eight solos. So the Chiefs are playing really well, and they they did fairly well tonight, except for the, stopping the run. Um, early on against uh, the Chargers, and they were missing three of their starters. I want to talk a little bit about Cam Hayward. He's somebody who I've been um, raving about on our uh, on our um, waiver wire articles over the last couple of weeks. Of all of the the kind of top DLs that people should be starting in shallower leagues, for some reason Hayward is poorly owned compared to the rest of them. But he's really been putting up. Good numbers. One of the things we've always loved about Hayward is that he's going to give you a solid number of tackles and he's going to come up with big plays. We often get one or the other, Uh, you know, even with some of the, you know, the bigger names like Aaron Donald and Joey Bosa, sometimes they'll just they'll come up flat when it comes to tackles. Um, Cameron Hayward finished as a DL one and three of the last four weeks. He plays a huge snap share. He plays like 80 to 90% of, of the snaps, uh, which is obviously huge for us. He's he's actually fourth. And when it comes to DLs, he's fourth in snaps per game with 55.2 uh, per game. That's an average of 82.4% snap shares. He is on the field a ton. And, uh, and he's puts up a good amount of tackles. He, he's one of the uh, one of the leaders in tackle percentages, the, the amount of um, snaps he plays versus the amount of tackles he gets. He has a 9.4% tackle rate, which is really good for DLs, and he has the best matchup this week. Titans, um, I mentioned this on, on the uh, on my XM radio spot with uh, with John Hansen on Wednesday mornings. The uh, the Titans have been a great offense for defensive line production. Uh, they came into Week 14 owning the highest number of tackles per game uh, awarded to defensive linemen. They left Week 14 with an even bigger lead. They raised that number Week 14. So. Uh, the absence of Derrick Henry has done nothing uh, to prevent the the Titans for, to be a great matchup for DLs. Uh, I like basically the entire Pittsburgh line this week, but Cameron Hayward, uh, uh, he's a great guy. If you went up against Travis Kelsey tonight and you have uh, Cameron Hayward on your bench, you might want to put him in. Yeah, you, you know, you, you mentioned the Titans and their running game without Derrick Henry, but, you know, the Titans have run the ball more than anybody in the NFL. They run it. Uh, going into tonight, 418 times, and unlike somebody like Baltimore, who whose quarterback rush, uh, runs the ball 17% of the time, the Titans' quarterback only runs 5% of the time, so most of that rushing is from their running backs. Now, you mentioned Hayward. Hayward has got 90% and I believe 78% snap counts in his last two weeks, so great uh, info on Hayward. Um, speaking of Titans, the addition of Zach Cunningham clouds the Titans linebacker spot a little bit, especially after Rashad Evans and Jayon Brown performed well in week 14. Um, there are de- decent numbers were put up by both. Um, Evans had six total tackles, tackle for a loss, and both of them had a, a pick and a PD. 
Um, and, and those numbers aren't too bad when you consider the fact that the Jaguars ran the ball just eight times against Tennessee last week. Now, David Long is likely going to be out another week again, uh, another week. So, it's and I'll mention that in the injury report. So it's it's likely that Cunningham could get into the mix, but I don't see a count, you know, a high snap count for him, uh, or much fantasy value for for him in week fifteen. Let's talk a little bit about. Um, uh, we're we're going to get into some of the uh, gi- giant secondary uh, in in a little bit. Tano Thomas has a has a note on them, but. Um, the one I want to highlight is going to be Logan Ryan. Uh, this is um, kind of similar to Cameron Hayward. This is a great week to fire him up. Um, you know, he's mostly been you know really good for fantasy. But I know as things kind of get uh, tight here, when you know now that you are either in the playoffs or this is your last week to try to get in the playoffs, you might have some uh, some decisions to make. But I love Logan Ryan this week. The Cowboys are first in fantasy points per game to DBs. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that uh, we used to be able to rely on for, for Dak Prescott was keeping his interceptions down. But his low interception rate really has taken a hit this this season. Um, his interception percentage is usually in the like mid ones. But this season, it's over two. It's like uh, 2.2 this season. He's, he's thrown 10 interceptions so far. He's on pace to beat or tie his career high of 13 interceptions back when he was a sophomore. So remember, he's thrown five interceptions in his last four games. So so already the Cowboys are um, are really productive for fantasy when it comes to uh, defensive backs, but particularly an aggressive um, uh, tackler like Logan Ryan and a veteran back there could really do some damage this week against the Cowboys. Uh, and and like I said, Thomas, I know you're going to you you're going to talk about one of the other um, uh, cornerbacks from the secondary a little bit later in the program. Yeah, and, and I want to mention on Ryan that the last time he played him, uh, the Cowboys, was week five, and he had eight total tackles. He had six solos. So he could be in for another big game in a in a divisional rivalry. Now, speaking at Dallas, what, what, what can we say about Micah Parsons? He's running away with the rookie defensive player of the year here. Uh, he posted two more sackles. In, uh, excuse me, sackles. He posted <laughs> two more sacks and had a tackle for a loss. Uh, he's had he had two uh, QB hits in that game and a forced fumble that uh, Dorrance Armstrong returned for a touchdown. Now he, Parsons was just all over the place once again, and now that the the Cowboys get or got Randy uh, Gregory back at defensive end, who had a very nice game in his return from IR. Uh, Gregory posted a sack plus an INT off a batted pass that he kind of did a pirouette leaping catch. Uh, and then return it for a touchdown. I mean, this is it, it, when you take a look at what Dallas is all of a sudden turning into on the defensive side with Trayvon Diggs, uh, Parsons, and they've gotten Lawrence and Gregory, uh, Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory back. This defense is really, really becoming a, a, a nasty defense. We've been talking about some of the the bigger players, you know, players that are are certainly owned in shallower leagues. Uh, so I want to kind of dig a little deeper here for you guys. Um, this is on the other side of this Dallas New York Giants matchup, and that's a slot corner for the for the Cowboys, Jordan Lewis. Um, he actually has been producing, you know, a, a pretty solid numbers. And if you think about it, it makes sense if you're if you're a team playing the Cowboys, you know you're probably going to be throwing it a lot to try to keep up with their offense. Although their offense has obviously been a little, uh, you know, underwhelming lately, but uh, most most teams are going to go in assuming that any second it's going to get turned around, kind of like what we've seen with Kansas City's offense. So, if you're a quarterback, you've got Trayvon Diggs. You look out to your left. There's Trayvon Diggs. Probably going to try to not throw it to him. (laughs) And then you look over to your right, and your second best receiver is covered by Anthony Brown, who's also having a great season. You might consider going over the middle of some of your linebackers, but you look up and you realize that one of the linebackers is actually defensive back Keanu Neal uh, or Micah Parsons. These guys are really good coverage linebackers. So more often than not, you might start targeting their slot corner, and that's Jordan Lewis. He gets targeted often. He gets about five to seven targets per game, uh, and he's a really nice mix where he's solid but not great in coverage, which means he's going to allow some some catches. 
luckily he's actually an above average tackler, particularly for a cornerback. So he's been between four and seven tackles in six of his last seven games. Uh, The only outlier game there was when they played the Falcons. The Falcons just got uh, three points going. So um, not a whole lot that Jordan Lewis could do about that. But my guess is this week, the Giants are going to be throwing a lot. They're pretty banged up as well. I could see them trying to uh, find that soft spot in the defense. So if you're hurting at cornerback, I think Jordan Lewis could be a good play for you this week. Now let's move on to our quick hits. Uh, Thomas, what you got? Well, let's let's start off with Houston. Um, Christian uh, Kirksey had a really workmanlike team, uh, game last week, leading the team with 10 total tackles, five solos, five assists. But Kamu Grugier-Hill is once again continues to stand out, and his name gets, gets called frequently by uh, broadcasting announcers on game day. He had six total tackles, five of them solos, two tackles for a loss, and a PD. Now, the problem here is that both of them landed on COVID, and I'll mention this in a little bit, and they could both be sitting out in week 15. Uh, is this actually a pretty good spot for your Bills defensive lineman? Uh, we'll, we'll get into it pretty specifically as to who I like out of that group. But the Bills are likely to be playing with a lead this week, uh, and Carolina is second in fantasy points per game to defensive linemen. So out, they have a fairly heavy rotation, which we've which we've um, we kind of cataloged for you earlier this season, back in the preseason, about how these defenses were going to work. And Buffalo Bills has been one of the, the most predictable defenses in, in, in the scheme that they're running and the rotation up front. Uh, the guys who should get the most amount of snaps and be in the position to soak up the most amount of fantasy points are, are in the middle. Ed Oliver, the defensive tackles Ed Oliver and Harrison Phillips, both of those guys are playing around 60% of the snaps. Um so I like both of those guys. Mario Addison, one of the defensive ends, is usually around 60%. Jerry Hughes, a uh, veteran, is still chugging along. He's playing right around 50%. Now, Hughes has not been uh, as productive as he's been in the past. So I lean on these defensive tackles. Uh, I also like um, uh, I like a little bit of that Mario Addison. Greg Rousseau, um, really like him as a player. He is on the, the bottom end of this rotation. So uh, Rousseau would be a little bit more of, of a stretch, as, as would be F.A. Obata. Uh, both of these guys are usually on the lower end of the rotation. You can take a good shot with them if you got them. Otherwise, I like leaning on those defensive tackles uh, who should put up some pretty solid fantasy value for you this week. Well, kudos to you, Justin, because last week on the Discord board, you mentioned linebacker Divine Diablo on the Raiders as being a sneaky play, and that's exactly what he was. He finished second on the team in total tackles with nine, four solos and five assists. Well, he he took um, only 79% of the snaps, and so he was very productive in what is an average uh, linebacker snap count. So kudos to you for that. Thanks. Uh, and you know, one of the nice things about uh, Diablo is in a lot of leagues, he is uh, a, a safety, right? He was he's a he's a safety who's con- who's been converted to linebacker. We've seen a handful of those over the last five to ten years. Um, and so he's he's getting put into a position to play because uh, Denzel Perryman has been out. Um, I, I do know that uh, Perriman did not practice again today, so um, there is there is a pretty good chance that Perriman will not play this week. If Perriman doesn't play this week, uh, it's another good spot for Diablo, particularly if you can use him as a safety, which I, I think, like I said, a, a good amount of you can. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Green Bay secondary. Eric Stokes, Adrian Amos, these Packers DBs, they should be pretty busy this week. The Ravens produced the second most fantasy points per game to DBs, uh, and the Ravens are expected to be trailing. We still don't know if um, if we're going to have Lamar Jackson at quarterback, um, but if we don't have Lamar Jackson at quarterback – and they they are trailing. Uh, that could also be some extra big play opportunities for the secondary. Well, you had mentioned that I'd be talking about the Giants' DBs in particular on the corners. Um, yeah, uh, they have James Bradbury, and teams usually stay away from Bradbury, and they usually go after Dory Jackson on the other side. Well, Jackson has been absent, and the problem that they've had is who do they have step up? Well, the past couple of weeks, rookie. Aaron Robinson has stepped into the, to Jackson's role, and it was his second consecutive productive fantasy outing this past week. Robinson tied the uh, 
the team lead with nine total tackles as he posted seven solos, two assists, and he took 96% of the snaps. So I will mention this again in the, the injury slash COVID uh, section, but if Robinson should play and Jackson doesn't, Robinson might, might, might be another one of those sneaky picks. And I could actually see if Jackson does end up playing, I could see them using Robinson in the slot. Before Jackson went down, they were using Robinson partly in the slot. Uh, Now that he's earned a bigger role, they should move him back to the slot. And if he's in the slot, he's probably going to see a lot of C.D. Lamb there. So, uh, And um, offensive coordinator Kellen Moore is not uh, averse to putting – any one of his receivers in the slot looking for mismatches. So uh, even if Jackson does play, I like Robinson more outside. I think he's going to get targeted more that way. But if he ends up, uh, if Jackson ends up playing, I still actually like Robinson as a slot. Just maybe not, you know, maybe you're not going to put up nine to nine to 11 tackles. It might be more like six to eight, but uh, I'm, I'm okay with that, particularly um, in, in kind of deeper leagues. So now it's time to prop up. You can come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 15 and has already awarded over $4 million. Our staff at Fantasy Points will be posting their favorite Thrive Fantasy picks each week on the site. New users can use promo code FANTASYPOINTS when you sign up and you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. You can also tune into Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today. Now let's move on to our injuries. This man, this is Oof. this is probably more important than all the fantasy advice we have given you in this podcast today. Now comes the most important part because we're about to hit some serious injuries and a lot of COVID news, uh, and hopefully that'll help you guys get a jump on some things. Well, let's start with the injured reserve. Notable players going on injured reserve. Uh, linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski on the Vegas um, went on with an ankle injury, done for the season. In fact, all of the ones that go on injured reserve here are all done for the season. Linebacker Kyler Fackrell on uh, the Chargers' knee Cornerback Marlon Humphreys on Baltimore torn pectoral muscle. Safety DeAndre Houston Carson on Chicago was just becoming a fantasy, uh, having fantasy value, fractured his forearm. Cornerback Jerry Jacobs on Detroit torn ACL. Cornerback Emmanuel Mosley on San Francisco an ankle. And obviously uh, we mentioned uh, safety Jamal Adams on Seattle torn labrum. Now, coming off of injured reserve and designated to return with safety Donovan Wilson on Dallas, he's designated to return on Wednesday, so his 21-day window opens up. Some notable inactives from Week 14, defensive end Akeem Hicks on Chicago uh, sat out with an ankle injury. He full-practiced Thursday, has a Monday night game. Linebacker Logan Wilson on Cincinnati dislocated his shoulder, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Linebacker Jalen Reeves-Maben on Detroit, shoulder, limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. Linebacker Kevin Pierre-Lewis on Houston with a hamstring injury last week sat out, limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. Now, you had mentioned Denzel Perryman on the Raiders with an ankle injury, sat out last week, did not practice Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, and has been declared out for Saturday. Linebacker Pete Warner on New Orleans, uh, an elbow injury injury. Uh, sat out last week, uh, limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. Linebacker Dre Greenlaw in San Francisco, groin injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Also not practicing Wednesday or Thursday was linebacker David Long in Tennessee with a hamstring injury. Safety Richie Grant on Atlanta sat out last week with an ankle injury, has full practiced Wednesday and Thursday. Looks like a go this week. Cornerback Michael Carter on New, uh, New York Jets, concussion, full practice Wednesday and Thursday. 
Cornerback Joe Hayden on Pittsburgh with a foot injury did not practice Wednesday, upgraded to limited practice Thursday. Keep an eye on his Friday status. Cornerback Jordan Whitehead on Tampa Bay, calf injury, sat out last week, limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. And cornerback Janoris Jenkins on Tennessee, an ankle injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Now, a whole boatload of players landed on the COVID list on Monday. Uh, It's gone up to like 45 to 50 players. Some teams have 20 to 25, maybe even 27 players that are on the COVID list. Now, before I go into all these players, I need to make sure that everybody understands that not all of them are unvaccinated and have to sit out for 10 days. Some of them are vaccinated and could be symptomatic or asymptomatic. If they're asymptomatic and they pass or give two negative tests in the next 48 hours, then they can play Sunday. So be very leery and careful on Saturday night uh, when you start looking at your lineups for the um, probably close to the last time. You have to make sure that you get as much information about these guys as, as you can because a lot of these players that I'm going to mention will actually be activated for the coming week. Now, the, their sites will tell you they're out, but if they pass and you know give two negative tests, they could be activated. So be very, very careful. And that's where the hang-up is because a lot of these players and a lot of these teams won't divulge the COVID information like they do injuries because of you know, the, the, the regulations and laws that they face. Now, start off with uh, the defensive lineman. Defensive end Mario Edwards on Chicago went on COVID list uh, Monday, December 13th. Nose tackle Kenny Clark on Green Bay went on today, December 16th. We mentioned defensive tackle Chris Jones going on it on Tuesday, December 14th. This, uh, defensive end Cameron Jordan on New Orleans is uh, – has been on the COVID list since Monday, December 6th. Uh, it's 11 days since he's been on there. Defensive tackle Matt Ioannidis on Washington. Uh, defensive tackle Jonathan Allen on Washington. And defensive tackle Montez Sweat on Washington all went on the COVID list on Wednesday, Monday, and Saturday, the 15th, 13th, and 11th. Now, they also added Tim Settle and uh, one other player on defensive line, to their oh it was James Smith Williams also went on it on Wednesday December 8th so their entire defensive line is sitting on the covid list linebacker Tyrell Dotson Buffalo placed on the covid list on Monday December 13th linebacker Anthony Walker on Cleveland has been on the covid list since Monday December 13th linebacker Malik Reed on Denver Saturday, December 11th. Linebacker Christian Kirksey on Houston and linebacker Kamu Grugier-Hill, all, both of them went on the COVID-19 list on Wednesday the 15th and Monday the 13th. So Houston could be looking at Neville Hewitt as their, and maybe even Eric Wilson as their two starting linebackers that you're going to uh, account for. Linebacker Willie Gay went on Wednesday, December 15th. The Rams, linebacker Von Miller was placed on COVID list uh, today, as was Troy Reeder on the Rams. He was placed on the COVID-19 list. Safety Chuck Clark on Baltimore landed on there today as well. So did safety Eddie Jackson on Chicago. Cornerback Chidobe Awuzie on Cincinnati was placed on the COVID list on December 13th or 16th, which was today as of this podcast. Uh, Cleveland, another team that just got hammered by this COVID uh, list junction. Uh, safety John Johnson the third on Cleveland. Safety Ronnie Harrison and safety Grant Delpet all landed on the COVID list on either Wednesday or today, Thursday the sixteenth. Troy Hill on Cleveland, the cornerback. He had a knee injury, was likely going to sit out week fifteen anyways, but he was placed on the COVID list today. Uh, yesterday, safety Tracy Walker on Detroit placed on the COVID list on Friday, December tenth. It, we're not sure if he's he was tested positive or not. Everybody else I've mentioned and everybody I will mention from this point on have all tested positive. So cornerback Terrence uh, Mitchell on Houston has a knee and an ankle injury, was questionable for the week. Well, he's on the COVID list too. Cornerback Jalen Ramsey and safety Jordan Fuller and cornerback Kareem Orr, all from the Rams, were placed on COVID Monday the 13th, Tuesday the 14th, and Thursday the 16th. Miami's safety Javon Holland on, um, was placed on the COVID list on Monday the 13th. I had mentioned Dory Jackson. Well, he's cornerback was uh, missed last week because of – or 
had a, a quad injury, and that's the reason why Aaron Robinson has been playing. Well, he was placed on the COVID list today. Cornerback Kendall Fuller in Washington Tuesday, December 14th, placed on the COVID, as was teammate Cameron Curl, safety, was placed on uh, COVID today. Now, linebacker A.J. Klein on Buffalo was on the COVID list, was activated from the COVID list yesterday, December 15th. Safety Kyle Duggar on New England was activated from COVID list yesterday as well. Safety Xavier McKinney was placed on the COVID list, but as a close contact and is expected to to be ready and play for week 15 um, once he submits to uh, negative tests, which they think he will do. Now that's an, another note to make that the NFL NFL in their weird ways is going about changing the protocols as to how players can become active because there are so many of them on this list. There are some teams, half the team is on the COVID list. Some notable injuries as well um, that were not inactive but got hurt in week 14. Defensive end Kalis Campbell on Baltimore has a soft tissue injury, has not practiced this week yet. Defensive end Trey Hendrickson on Cincinnati had back issues, did not practice Wednesday, but was a full practice on Thursday. Defensive end Shelby Harris on Denver with a knee injury was limited Wednesday and Thursday. Defensive end Draymond Jones on Denver foot injury did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. On the Giants, defensive tackle Austin Johnson had a foot injury and did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, defensive end Leonard Williams on the Giants has a triceps injury that seemed worse than expected, but has been limited Wednesday and Thursday and actually has a chance to play in week 15. Defensive end Quinnen Williams on the Jets, shoulder injury, full practice Wednesday and Thursday. Defensive tackle DJ Jones on San Francisco, a knee injury, has not practiced yet this week. Also not practicing yet this week is defensive end Carlos Dunlap from Seattle. Now defensive tackle, excuse me, Dunlap is out with a quad injury at this point. Defensive tackle Brian Monet on Seattle has a PCL strain. He was limited in practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday, is trending in the wrong direction. Linebacker Dante Fuller on Atlanta, calf injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Linebacker Kenny Young on Denver had a concussion, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Jonathan Cooper on Denver is looking like a good play this week if Young is out. Linebacker Alex Anzalone on Detroit, Suffered an ankle injury, did not practice Wednesday, but was upgraded to limited practice Thursday. Linebacker Bobby Okoruke uh, on Indianapolis has an illness, did not practice Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, was a full practice Thursday. Looks like he's going to be a go Saturday night. Linebacker Corey Littleton on Las Vegas had a stinger, full practice all week. Looks like a go. Linebacker Eric Kendricks on Minnesota had a lower back issue. Um, he did not practice Thursday on a, for a Monday night game, so he has time to, to actually get to practice and, and be ready for the Monday night uh, contest. Linebacker Reggie Ragland, New York Giants, has an illness, did not practice Thursday. T, uh, linebacker TJ Watt, Pittsburgh, a groin injury. It was, seemed like he tweaked it, limited practice Wednesday, full practice Thursday. He's probably a, a, a go for this week 15. Linebacker Alex Highsmith on Pittsburgh, a quad injury. He, again, was limited Wednesday and full practice Thursday. Looks like a go. Linebacker Fred Warner, San Francisco, ankle injury, lim- limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. Linebacker Aziz Alshair on San Francisco, sprained elbow, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Into the DBs, cornerback Robert Alford on Arizona has a pectoral injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Safety Eric Harris on Atlanta, torn pectoral muscle, needs season-ending surgery, has not been placed on IR but is destined for it. Cornerback A.J. Bowie on Carolina has a foot injury, has not practiced yet this week. Safety Kareem Jackson on Denver, a back issue, did not practice Wednesday, limited practice Thursday. Safety Justin Reed on Houston not only has a concussion, but he's dealing with an illness as well, not COVID-related, did not practice yet Wednesday or Thursday. Cornerback Trayvon Mullen Jr. on Las Vegas has what is a toe injury, but most likely a turf toe. Did not practice Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday is out. 
uh, safety Quandre Diggs on Seattle, knee injury, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Safety Antoine Winfield on Tampa Bay, foot injury, hasn't practiced yet this week. Cornerback Richard Sherman on Tampa Bay retweaked his Achilles injury and did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. And cornerback Jamal Dean on Tampa Bay has a possible concussion. They were He was sick last week, and they think that may have been concussion symptoms, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Whew. All right. Well, we're going to give Thomas a break and step aside and pay a few bills. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. All right, we're going to wrap up with some Discord questions here. Uh, if you are a fantasypoints.com subscriber and you are a premium subscriber, you get access to our Discord boards where you can ask questions about IDP, uh, defensive. Uh, we've been doing a lot of uh, you know, DST, defensive and special teams advice. There's advice, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, more advice than you can possibly imagine. Uh, so the, this Discord app has been a really good way for us to connect to, to some of our, our uh, hardcore fans and hardcore um, uh, leader, readers and listeners. So we like to give a little shout out to them. They, there's a couple of good questions here. So what we're going to do here, Thomas, is I'm going to I'm going to set you up, uh, tee you up, and then you can uh, you can uh, take first crack at these two questions. We're going to start with uh, Vicus07, uh, who asks us, can you discuss the Browns LB situation when um, Anthony Walker returns uh, now that JOK is back in the mix? Who is the guy to own there? Well, Walker has six or more total tackles in all nine of his games he's played this year. Now, Jeremiah owasu Koromoa is good for eh, two to four total tackles uh, when Walker plays. But JOK is good for five to seven total tackles when Walker doesn't play. Now, in the last three games that Walker has missed, JOK has posted five or more solos in each game, but has not had five or more solos in any game that Walker has played in this year. So JOK has seven big plays to Walker's three this season. So Walker is the better play unless you're in a very heavy big play scoring system. Uh, none of the other Brown linebackers are even in this discussion. So it basically, basically comes down to Walker or JOK. If Walker is healthy, he's the one that you should probably uh, go to. Yeah, and so this is something I've been talking about more and more, uh, partly on the pad- podcast, but a lot in my articles on FantasyPoints.com. With how linebackers are deployed these days, it you know, Terms like um, Mike linebacker and and um, Buck linebacker, or you know the Will, the Sam, things like that, are, have are becoming more and more outdated. And for us, what matters most is you know the, how those terms may or may not affect you know will the Mike get more points than the Will? You know how does this defense set up? One of the things I've kind of shifted to more and more because most teams now use two main linebackers. They might, you know, they might employ, you know, three or four um, and, and get them out on the field. But I've been using the terms primary linebacker and secondary linebacker. And what that basically means is probably exactly what you think it means. If you take two linebackers, for example, if you take, um, if you take uh, Fred Warner and, uh, you know, normally it's Dre Greenlaw, right? Well, Warner is going to be the one to play more snaps. Regardless of what happens on the field, however the snap counts break, break down, you, you assume that Warner is going to be the one to, that stays on the field. And usually Warner is the one that produces more. You can think back to um, when, it, you know, like uh, the, the Luke Keekley days, right? Um, and, uh, you know, back then uh, you had you had two linebackers. Keekley usually outproduced uh, – why am I blanket on his name? Who was the other Panthers linebacker? And, um Damn. Wilson. Uh, no, it was, oh, Panthers. Um, I'm sorry, Shaq yeah, Thompson. Yeah. Um, so, you, yeah, you get the you get these linebackers who there's one guy who normally outproduces the other and normally outsnaps the other. Right. 
There are there are going to be weeks when the secondary linebacker might even be two weeks in a row outproduces the primary linebacker, but more often than not, you want to lean on the primary linebacker. The odds are in the primary linebacker's favor, and that's what's going on here. And I think Thomas did a great job of kind of outlining what that looks like. So as of now, Walker is their primary linebacker. He's Anthony the guy Walker, that will correct. Anthony Walker's yeah. He's the guy who will he's will be their primary linebacker now. As JOK develops, uh, he will start seeing more and more snaps, and there's a chance that starting next year, JOK may, may be that primary linebacker. But as of now, it has been Walker, and we, we see no reason why that won't continue. Yeah, and, and Anthony Walker, as you mentioned, is the primary linebacker and is a huge factor in tackle-heavy leagues, whereas JOK, Jeremiah Owasu-Koromoa, is the secondary linebacker and has a lot more value in big play scoring leagues, but even then he doesn't out really outscore Anthony Walker because as you mentioned, Walker's the one that's going to get the primary snap count over uh, JOK who will get a secondary snap count. Thomas Davis. That was the linebacker I couldn't think of who oh, yeah. paired with with Luke Keekley, right? So Thomas Davis was actually a really good fantasy asset, but more of an LB2 or LB3. He played next to Luke Keekley, but if if Thomas Davis had nine tackles, you can pretty much guarantee <laughs> that, that Keekley had 12 or 15, yep, right? Exactly. So, uh, and that's probably a good example of, of, of a primary or secondary linebacker situation. All right. Last question uh, is going to come from, uh, I lost it here. There we go. Uh, Jekyllby. Jekyllby asked, this is a dynasty question. Um, and this is, you know, for those of you who are um, out of the playoffs, it's time in dynasty leagues to start figuring out how you're going to get yourself set up for, for next year. Um, so this is an IDP league. It's a big play league. That's really important in this discussion. Uh, he's got uh, Chin. You got Jeremy Chin. This is a DB question. Jeremy Chin, Minka Fitzpatrick, Taylor Rapp, Jalen Thompson. And John Johnson is also in the mix. John Johnson obviously started to perform again. He had a very slow start to his season, but has been turning it on as of late. Of course, he's on uh, COVID IR at the moment, but he's a free agent. Johnson's a free agent in this league. So the question is, is it worth dropping one of those other players for him, for for John Johnson, in case his role changes between now and next year? What do you think, Thomas? Well, Jekyllby has got, you know, a, first of all, I'm, I, I've said this back in the spring or preseason. I'll say it again. DBs are a dime a dozen. And unless you get a top five, even in there's even the five to 10 range is starting to get cloudy for me. DBs can be pretty much scoured and, and streamed on every week off the waiver wire. But in this particular case, to answer the question, um, the first thing you have to look at is the experience of these players heading into the 2022 season. Now, Chen will be entering his third NFL season, Rapp and Thompson into their fourth season, and Fitzpatrick and Johnson their sixth. Now, the second thing to look at is who is the big playmakers out of these five IDPs? And, and in their careers, Fitzpatrick has averaged 11.4 big plays per season, whereas Johnson has averaged 10 big plays a year, Rap 8.3, Chin 5.7, and Thompson just 1.3. Jalen Thompson is a huge tackle producer uh, as of this year, but does very little for you in big scoring leagues. So at this point, I would consider dropping Thompson for John Johnson based on big play opportunities going into next year. But I, I give you a, a, a note that Johnson is going to be entering his sixth season and it doesn't take much for him to land on injury reserve or get hurt or have Grant Delpit step up and they lean on Delpit and Ronnie Harrison and, and end up cutting into Johnson's role. So Johnson has the bigger play uh, opportunities more so than Thompson. I think you can do better than Thompson in this big play league not necessarily a tackle-heavy league, but Thompson is not going to give you many big plays. Yeah, I think it's a, that's a great breakdown, uh, I, I'm, and I'm actually going to um, uh, hammer away a little bit more at your opening statement, which I agree with. Um, DBs are always a risky dynasty investment. I'm going to give you a couple of good examples. Remember Buda Baker? <laughs> I mean, he was a surefire top three uh, DB heading into this season. And then um, speaking of Jalen Thompson, 
the the Cardinals shifted their secondary around and they decided to put Buda Baker a little bit more in like um they don't really play the same role, but but picture this. You know, you know, Tyron Matthew is an amazing safety. He's he's a he's a world class safety. And the Chiefs elect to use Tyron Matthew in a way where he's at the back of the defense, last line of defense. He can kind of see the whole field, uh, and and he's he's a very crucial element to their defense. But because he spends the majority of the time ten or twenty yards, sometimes you know, uh, in you know, in front of the play, there's just not a lot of tackles. Like tonight, I think he had two tackles, maybe right. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not a great player. Buda Baker is in a similar situation. They shifted the the defense around so that now that now Buda Baker plays in some respects a more important role uh, as the last line of defense. But it's Jalen Thompson who has moved up to where more often than not, uh, they both play in the box. They'll both play deep, but more often than not, Jalen Thompson is going to be the one that get this closer to the action. So, <clears throat> excuse me, that's what's happened. Buda Baker, just like that. He's off the fantasy radar. Mika Fitzpatrick, one of the one of the players that Jekyllby owns, has gone up and down in fantasy value. So uh it really is a, a tough um a tough prospect to try and invest in defensive backs. Uh but uh, uh the one I definitely wouldn't invest in would be Jalen Thompson. Yeah, and and you again, this comes down to you're talking about doing an investment in a de- defensive back. And they can be a dime a dozen. I mean, at this point in time, when you start looking at at players on the, um, you know, the the week fourteen and week fifteen and week sixteen lists of players that are going to be productive for you. I mean, Aaron Robinson is is a defensive back that came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden it's like, where did he come from? The same thing people were thinking about with Jalen Thompson. We kind of saw this coming into the season, especially with the fact that Baker was being used, Buda Baker was being used in a linebacker role, and they went out and got, they you know signed, they had Isaiah Simmons and then Xavier Collins this year. So you, you see how this all changes with in uh, acquisitions and. Also, drafting things we can sit here and tell you how to go in one direction, and then in two months down the road or three months down the road, we'll be changing our mind because of things have changed. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's not just to, just for some comparisons, right? It's not likely that Joey Bosa is all of a sudden going to be uh, a defensive tackle. And all of a sudden, he's going to miss some of his edge rushing, you know, capabilities. It's it's not likely that uh, you know, um, some some stud linebacker. It's not, it's not likely that Demario Davis is all of a sudden going to be, you know, uh, uh, yeah, like a defensive end, or all of a sudden he's going to be a, a safety. Um, more often than not, it's the DBs who get shifted around and and moved into roles where they're all of a sudden are are not as um, uh, fantasy relevant as we thought. As a matter of fact, if we look at the, I'm looking now at the uh, at the basic leaderboard, right? Um, you've got like Jaron Curse, uh, who's fifth, uh, you know, in in, in fantasy production. Jaron Curse, what you know? I'm not, who raise your hand if you drafted Jaron Curse back in August. We were looking at, hmm, is it going to be Donovan Wilson or Keanu Neal who's going to be the main producer there? Jalen Thompson's right behind him, uh, sixth. How about Harrison Smith at seventh? Harrison Smith is like Minka Fitzpatrick. Depend, you know, over his career, he's been a he's been a top ten DB. And then he's been almost completely off the radar. When when Anthony Harris was with the the Vikings, Harrison Smith's role changed, and it was and it was um, Anthony Harris who was getting more of the fantasy value. Now Harris is gone. They've moved things around, and now Harrison Smith's a top ten DB again. This is just how it goes, um, you know. So uh, as, as far as investing, you know, heavily into dynasty, I wouldn't do it too much, but. One thing I will say, if you look at at Jekyllby's lineup, you know he, there's a lot of DBs there. This is clearly a deep league. This is a league that uses a lot of of, of DBs. So when we say it's tough to invest in dynasty, you got to have somebody on your roster. You can't just right. say, "Well, I'm not going to even worry about it. I'm, I'm going to yeah. go into the, I'm going to go into next season with zero defensive backs." So. Um, uh, we just want to be clear about that. We're we're talking about a general dynasty approach here, but it's clear that you you know you have to roster three to four defensive backs, and um, you know 
Jalen Thompson, you know, he has two tackles for loss all season, five, just five passes defensed all season. Uh, you know, th- these are really poor numbers, uh, you know, in terms of, um, uh, you know, um, big, big play, play upside, if you will. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go ahead. And, and, you know, I mean, who would have thought somebody like Razul Douglas would be a stud in the Packers secondary and be, you know, a turnover machine or, or who thought that Trayvon Diggs would, would approach 10 um, INTs before week 14. I mean, these things you just can't account for. They're those rare, if you get them, you get them. But if you don't, you don't, you're hoping that you can get them and you're trying to position yourself to acquire or have players that have the upside potential for these big plays. And I think that what Jekyll B has is very, very approachable in that regard because of the fact that, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, even though he's had an up and down career and in, in, in very short up and down career, he still is averaging, you know, close to 11.4 big plays a season. And out of the group he has, that's the one who averages the most. And John Johnson, even though he's been injured lately, is another one who is double digits per year, um, big plays on an average. Um, so, you know, th- this when and again, let's identify big plays as INTs and PDs and fat force fumbles and fumble recoveries and touchdowns and sacks. So this is what we're trying to tell you is that even though they're dime a dozen in this type of league, you're going to have a lot of uh, DBs already taken. So you have to come up with somebody. We haven't been on on a rant, and and I don't even know how long, Thomas. That was great. We haven't done this in a while, uh, so um, luckily we saved that rant for the for the end of the podcast. So you got all your your good information there. But man, great questions. Uh, we've had a lot of fun this this year. Um, it's also nice to see in our Discord uh, app how many people are, are, we're still chatting with because they're in the playoffs. Uh, so uh, it's been a lot of fun this season. We have a couple more weeks of this coming up. Uh, hopefully, we'll help. The rest of y'all get through the fantasy playoffs and and uh, take home some championships. Uh, my name is Justin Varnes. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Down with IDP. Uh, we work for FantasyPoints.com. We hold down the IDP section there. Uh, we're having a lot of fun doing so. So thank you so much for listening, Thomas. Take us out. Be well and be safe. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.